The very talented podcaster, comedian, cook, chef, Dyke. How are you, Dyke? I'm doing well. How are you, BJ? I'm doing well. I'm supposed to be working from home the past three days. In the past three days, I've actually had to go to work. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not been fun. So they, they just called. Yeah. They just called you in anyway. Well, we. the. So we're one of those places where I have up to 24 locations and we've been closing certain locations just to make it a little bit more convenient. So I've had to go in and make sure everything was closed and then, um, go from there. So it's not been a a lot of fun, but we've got it done pretty quick because we're considering an essential business in the cell phone world because people have to have their phones on. Hmm. And I've never thought about that. Well, and people like, well, pay online. I'm like, like we have people that are in their forties, fifties and sixties who pay nothing in cash and will only pay in the store. (laughs) Won't pay online or do auto payments. It's, it's hilarious. Yeah. uh, This, this, this whole thing has made me think about so many little things about how this is going to affect, like, this is like the new nine 11 where it's just, uh, even once we're out of it, I just think that everything's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, I, I said this. People were joking about people like you know, <clears throat> you know, having kids. But I was thinking about people getting divorced. Like, man, I spent like two weeks with this guy or this lady, and I, I'm out. <laughs> well, think about all the people that were kind of on the. Like maybe they were already going to get a divorce, <laughs> like you know, That's and now they're just in quarantine together. <laughs> Or could you could you find out if they were like in California and like two days ago she's like I cheated on you with your brother oh you can't leave the house oh yeah I I guarantee we're gonna hear stories like that rolling up there's gonna be so many new relationships forming like oh yeah I hooked up with my roommate <laughs> and you know dudes and then a lot of lot of divorces you can only keep so many dudes locked up in a house so long before they start looking at each other like hey what's up bro. Oh dude. yeah, it's gonna get real squirrely real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's crazy to me is like with the you know like social distancing and everything, and they're like you're not supposed to be around you know groups of ten or more. And uh, I was looking at Jim Gaffigan had a post up. And he's got like twenty kids. And then I was sitting at the family dinner. I was like, no, nah, I'd be I'd be splitting up some of that family. No, no, and I th- and I th- and. I think my wife is honestly taking this way too seriously because she's like, I don't think we should fool around. I'm like, are you just using this as an excuse or are you being serious? She's like, I'm being serious. And I was like, no, she's that's bullshit. Cause now everybody's at home. My kids do, you know, they can't leave. I I can leave because Mm -hmm. I have a piece of paper that says I work for an essential business. So I just came over to the studio. I was like, ah, I'm going to, cause eventually the, like Illinois was Illinois and we know, um, California, but Illinois kind of has the same thing where you can't leave. But I was in Tennessee on Monday, mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. People down there did not care one bit. They were just out having a great old time. And I'm like, 
Uh, I guess the, the South really just doesn't care, it seems. Have you, have you seen the, the videos of people in Florida, like, earlier in the week, like, on Monday and Tuesday, just, like, hundreds of people out at the beach? <laughs> yeah, no, so I don't think Florida, like, <laughs> shut that shit down until, like, yesterday. Well, I saw that video of, of that kid talking about, like, if I get corona or whatever, I've been planning to go to Miami for two months, and I was just like, uh and um yeah and that's the funny part is i was like we left a day early i was like let's just go home i was like the maids won't clean our room because until you leave and i was like let's just go home and then my wife's like hey can we have family um the reason i came over here uh, my wife goes hey can we have family um board game night and i was like huh i was like we've never had that like we've been i was like the kids are 16 and 15 we've never done that I was like, can we play Madden? Like, I'll play you, then you play the kids? <laughs> that is why I did it. <laughs> nah, I'm over here, obviously. Uh, that's nice. No, my wife. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been, uh, hang, I mean, my house is pretty empty. Uh, I had my roommate, you know, move out uh, in October, and it, he had everything, you know, set up in the house. Um, so I have another roommate coming in, uh, in April, beginning of April at the house is, you know, you've been over here. It's just completely yeah. empty pretty much, but I moved everything into this podcast studio. So there's like a couch, there's like a table. We have a whole, uh, I don't, were you over when we had like the whole new setup with the, the, the roadcaster and the shoe mics and all that? No, no, I didn't. <clears throat> I was hoping to see some pictures of it, but I didn't. Um, because when I was there, you uh, they had the they had the, the tablet, and then it was still in the living room, and then, then it had the uh, three mics on the stand. He just bought your your co-host had just bought those stands, I believe. Okay, yeah. Well, we I, we we got a pretty legit setup now. I moved the TV in here, and I did the thing where I can cast from the from the um, tablet to the TV. So, but the rest of the house is completely empty. So I was like, I just live in a podcast studio. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it looked like. I know when I came uh, over. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I remember when I came over there, like, you know, I just, uh, I, I want to let you know my roommate moved out. You know, the house used to have all this stuff on the wall. And I was like, nope. Like, this is what I expect you to live in. <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh, very minimalist. And it has been for a while. But, you know, I kind of like it. Let's clean. Let's get dirty. This so, has been the most, I mean, this week's been kind of weird because like, normally I'm never home, so I don't really care that much. I, I, I come home to sleep, do laundry and shower, and that's about it. And then I'm really either at work or about doing comedy. But uh, like these evenings, it's been weird not to have comedy to go to for like a full week. And then today was my first full day off. It's literally nothing to do. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like I'm still in the like honeymoon phase of it. I'm like, oh, that was a really nice day off. I slept in, uh, did some social media stuff. But yeah, I just ended up hanging out in here and I realized that phone calls just sound better through the podcast mic. And like, this is super boring. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, it makes a lot of sense. But um, so, um, and I try to use your technique with, um, um, I got caught eating my son's food out of the fridge and we won't go into the whole thing or whatever, but I was just like, 
my son was like, why did you do that? And I was like, I don't remember doing it. I said, that's a serious condition. I have a good friend with that. You shouldn't make fun of people who are eating when they're half asleep. <laughs> I, uh, did I tell you about the time that, uh, like, I don't really, I don't really get high anymore. It makes me like paranoid and, and filled with anxiety. Uh, but uh, when I was with my ex-girlfriend, I got up in the middle of the night and ate like two or three of her weed cookies like, oh, wow. in my sleep. And I woke up hours later and I was like, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. And it took me forever to figure out that I was just super fucking high. <laughs> and she was like, you ate three. She was like, those are really strong cookies, dummy. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't want to eat them. <laughs> I didn't mean to eat them. Fat kid who got him in the middle of the night and slept three cookies. Yeah, and then um, my mom's staying back with me again, and she goes, "Hey, I made hamburgers." Like, "Hey, well, I'm gonna, I have to go to the studio." And then it was like five o'clock because she's still on old people time making dinner like at four or five. And I'm like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I just had lunch at three. And so, <laughs> so she makes these great burgers. But I was like, "Hey, I'll eat them when I get back." And she's like. Do you want me to put them in the fridge? And I was like, no, just leave them in the microwave. So I totally forgot about them. Like one in the morning, I'm killing like four cheeseburgers. And, um, and I just kept thinking to myself, I was on meeting them and I was like, what is wrong with you? I was just like, and I just can't figure out why. Like I'll wake up like one, like I won't go, I won't, I only get hungry in the middle of the night, like real hungry. Other than that, I don't get hungry all day. Like, oh, I might be a little hungry, grab a snack, but like one or two in the morning is like my wheelhouse and I don't know why. Yeah, I definitely wake up famished. There's nothing you don't hit. There's nothing that hits better in the middle of the night than some cereal. It's like uh, a bowl of cereal. What's your go-to? <laughs> I mean, I, you know, honestly, I don't normally keep cereal in the house anymore. But uh, I, had, I had got a bowl of uh, like uh, what was it? I got a bowl of Captain Crunch to do some sort of brunch thing I was using it for. And then I just smashed it like in two nights, and it was always in the middle of the night. I would just wake up and there'd be like cereal milk in a bowl next to my bed. Mine's cinnamon but toast crunch. Cocoa crunch? No, cinnamon toast crunch. Oh, hell yeah. Because sometimes you don't even uh, need milk. You can just stick your fat, grubby hands in the bag and pull it out and just start eating it by the handful. Yeah, I just like eating like a bag of... <laughs> 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 and then the funny part is... Yeah, I try to... Yeah. I, no, I, I just try to keep I try to keep sweets and stuff like that away. But yeah, since in the house, I'll, I'll fuck it up. Yeah, I remember like um, six weeks ago, I think, or maybe I don't know how long ago. I got my results back from my blood work, and the the lady goes, "This is blah 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 um, from doctor da da da." And I was like, "Hey, how are you?" She's like, "Well, we have your test results back." And she, I was like, "Okay." She's like, "Well, your cholesterol's not at." <laughs> she said it in a high pitched voice. Your cholesterol's not as high as we expected, and. Uh, yeah, you uh, tested uh, negative for diabetes. Like, oh, really? Huh. <laughs> it was like, yeah, I lost $10. I said it to AP, and he goes, uh, he goes, really? I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I dodged it again. And and so <laughs> when you make fun of life-threatening illnesses at that time, uh, because, you know, you, we make our own bad choices, but it's just like, I don't know. Now I've been telling myself since we'll be quarantined, I was like, you know what? Maybe I should get up and start doing all the things I should do. And then like past few days, I'm like, nah, fuck it. I ain't not doing it. 
yeah. I, I, I was laying in bed yesterday. And I was like, yeah, man, when this quarantine's over, I'm really going to get back in the gym. <laughs> I'm really going to get it. <laughs> and that, I think that's just an excuse to not do anything. For, you know. no, How I long do you think this thing's going to last, man? Um, I think until, like, we, we quarantine, well, not quarantine, we closed some of our uh, locations, we said, through April 1st. I think it honestly be to like April 15th. Now that there's new testing available, the main thing is just get everybody tested and then get everybody stop spreading or whatever and stop killing old people, I guess. I mean, cause that's frowned upon. Cause that's, uh, it is. I mean, that's, I mean, have you been not to get political, but you know what I've been doing? I've been watching the Corona press conference every day with Trump and all those guys. And it is phenomenal. Yeah. I've, I've seen clips. I watched I watched the whole hour forty five minutes in my car. Um, oh my god! Like my we have I, my wife has a magnet where you can yeah you wrote on the little the little car so you can put your phone up there right so I put it up hooked <laughs> up to the Bluetooth set there <laughs> smoke cigarettes and eat sunflower seeds and watch the whole thing two days in a row. Just phenomenal how our, how our country works, and the doctors over there going, why, "Why am I here?" He's saying things I'm not saying. I just that's the funny part when the doctor looks at him like, "Oh, bro, we're so screwed." Yeah, I'm. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to remain optimistic. I know a lot of people. I mean, you know, what you think I do? Working for the and do comedy. Some of those things are all good. All the canceled this week. Um, so, really trying to lean into the podcast. Podcasting. It's also kind of fun. It's like kind of like this, just like talking to people. Um, I like sitting in the studio. I had I had a I had a friend over losing the neighborhood and we were podcasting together. And I realized that like even after we were done recording, I still had my uh, headphones on and I was still talking to her in the mic. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and then like I said, these won't be real long clips, but one thing I, the reason I, I, I sent, sent you a message to come on was obviously multiple reasons. We always have fun, but is because you work in the food service industry, not getting serious for a moment, but is there, because I'm not too familiar with all the like local places downtown. I don't, you know, I don't go downtown. But is there any places you want to shout out? Any places like, hey, check this place out? You think off the top of your head? I'm, I'm gonna I'm put. I'm probably gonna put this out. Um, probably I'm gonna put this out on Monday, so a couple of days from now, so when people still be sitting at home and possibly can order food and things like that. Yeah, I mean a lot of. I mean, check. You know, all your favorite restaurants and stuff. A lot of them are still doing. Um, either pickup orders or they're doing delivery through some sort of delivery service. Um, Gomez barbecue in the city market where I work, we're still going and he's doing like full barbecue dinners that you can, uh, either pick up or have delivered, um, a lot of other barbecue options, but a lot of the places downtown on Mass Ave and stuff, um, cause really the only places they can afford to like close are, you know, super big chains that just have millions of dollars, but the, the modern pop places, you know, they got to figure something out. Uh, there's a place on Manhattan called Rooster's Kitchen, and they, in like two days, got permits. Uh, that's the other thing. Right now is probably the easiest time uh, to get stuff, certain things pushed through the 
government red tape. So he got licensed uh, from being a restaurant and bar to being a grocery store, like in 48 hours. That's awesome. So now he's selling off his inventory and uh, as a grocery store. So, you know, even if it goes to a real strict quarantine, uh, he'll still be locked up. And that's Rooster's Kitchen? Mm-hmm. Rooster's Kitchen on Mass Mac Ave. Uh, I think Half Liter um, Barbecue in, in the South Bridalville area did something similar. But technically right now, if you're uh, just a restaurant, you can still do pickup. You can still do um, delivery. I think people are getting, I don't know, like, obviously you don't want to be out and about too much, but there's still like a lot of people that have to work downtown. So there's still a lot of people that come in. Like the city market's still open during the week. Uh, you're not allowed to sit down and eat in there, but you can you can go to one of the few shops that's open, which is Gomez is one of them, and and get food to go. Um, but like people like construction workers and stuff, they're still out. Um, grocery store workers, food workers, um, obviously all the healthcare people. Um, but there's even still just like you know regular businesses that are still open. It's crazy. No, I know, but I knew there's a couple of places where we, we knew a couple of people that, um, they closed down a couple of people that are comedians and also work in the uh, food service industry. So I saw a couple of those posts and I was like, Oh, that sucks. Um, but that's the sad part about yeah, it. Well, and there, and there was, there was stuff. Yeah. Cause like, what was that Monday it was like black Monday for the service industry. Like I would say, 49% of my friends are work in the service industry. The other 49% are comics and a lot of them work in the service industry. That was a big day. You know, a lot of people lost their jobs. Most of the people I know lost their jobs this week. Um, I'm very fortunate to still have mine. Um, but there was industries that I didn't even think about. Like, uh, my buddy, uh, his parents own, uh, a, sh- a shop on the West side called Mean Maxine to make stripper clothes. It's like literally his family business. Uh, it's a mom and pop shop that just makes songs and bedazzled bras and all kinds of stuff. I'm familiar. And, uh, he works. He works. He works. He works for his parents. And he was telling me that he got laid off. And I was like, "Wait, how? Your parents laid you off?" He's like, "Yeah, man. All the bars just closed. All the strip clubs are bars. All the strip clubs just closed." No strippers, no stripper clothes. See, I didn't know. I was like, oh, shit. I, I don't know why I didn't know this or think of this. I didn't realize strip clothes were also considered bars. I guess I no, thought. No, they're definitely, yeah. I mean, I totally knew that, but I didn't think about it either. Yeah, I was kind I of surprised when I heard that. Yeah, I have a friend who is a, an, an adult entertainer. Wait, no, that's not right. Adult dancer. I don't know what's called stripper. And uh, <laughs> and I was and I kept thinking, well, what's she gonna do? I was like, yeah, but she has a probably a good advantage if they don't go full quarantine because she could probably just book in house shows with some of her regulars. Maybe I don't know if that's yeah. arrogant. To I think to a say. lot a lot of people are becoming. Well, no, I think a lot of people are becoming uh, like cam girls of some sort. Like not even just unemployed, you know, strippers, but. but a lot of unemployed restaurant workers. Just, there's just, a lot of people joking about it, and I've already seen some people on. I've seen some comics on it that are just like, "Well, giving this a shot." Here's my only fans. Yeah, and, and and that's what sucks is because I mean I'm in the same boat. We we let some people go, laid some people off, and then 
it depends on how this goes. I mean, I could be, I mean, there's still uncertainty even in, in, in where I'm at. So and I'm pretty high up in um, my job, but I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we all have people to answer and we all have people, you know, we don't control where the money goes, but I always have it. always have a backup plan. I always tell my wife that she'd be the next cam soda girl. If we go broke, <laughs> I mean, AP's got like three cameras, you know, I mean, I, I'm pretty good at directing, you know, with ideas and stuff. I think we can make some money. Yeah, I thought, I, I, I'm surprised you said your wife thought that you were going to volunteer and distribute. Oh, I would, but, but like, it would be like, how, I, I don't know, but I'm afraid to send that to people's inboxes. Like, Hey, this is one of my practice shows. Just give me feedback. It's it's not like send one it's not like send one of your set your friends you're like your three minutes set it up and like like hey give me a critique on this and you know like hey how's my thrusting <laughs> I'm glad that you'd be willing to watch that though I'll remember that and be like all right I can send it to Dyke he'll watch in he'll watch anything yeah give it to Dyke Dyke likes it he'll watch <laughs> it no but last question before I get out of here um who would be the one famous person you want to be quarantined with for two weeks and why? Famous person I'd like to be quarantined with. That's a great question. Um, now, was this like a sexy time thing or just like anyone? No. It just, you remember, it's two weeks. Same person. So that's where it comes in. Yeah. Actually. It's not like 24 hours or maybe 48 hours. This is two weeks. So you have to, there's so many factors that factor into this and it's at your house at your, so it's your residence and it's not theirs. So you can't be like, Hey, I want want to stay with JLo in her mansion. No, JLo would have to come to your house for two weeks. Uh, I would probably, you know what? I would probably say Bert Kreischer. I think, I think he'd be funny. I think he would drink a lot, which would be fun. And I think he probably easily has two weeks worth of stories. Um, but I would just, I would just listen to him and he, he just cracks me up. I think I'd go with Whitney Cummings. Okay. Same reason. Um, yeah. Comedian, podcaster, obviously, um, writer. She's, you know, she's got shows that have been greenlit. Plus she's a female and she's not like, yeah, over yeah yeah she's very beautiful in 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 that not not overwhelming beautiful way and maybe you know by day 12 i wore down (laughs) maybe she'll at least let me like go down on her or something uh i think women love to hear that you're not overwhelmingly beautiful Well, you got to realize this because you got to think about people be like, well, I'd have JLo or Kim Kardashian or one of the Kardashians. I'd be like, you know how stressful that would be having them in your house? <laughs> and be like. Yeah, no. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to want to just do some damage in the bathroom, you know. You don't, you don't want J-Lo out there. Yeah, I mean, because I was hearing all that. Yeah, or even like a, you know, like a Tina Fey. I mean, if, if, if it was Neil Long from the you know friday for two weeks it's been i i wouldn't even i don't even i don't even think i'd, I'd be like i don't have a butthole like i know i don't have one kim, kim john elvich i know i just watched that again the other day but I, that's what i would do i'd just be like eh, i don't like 
and all of a sudden she goes out looks out the window and there's just like a bunch of my my human shit just sitting in the yard I'm like oh that well there's a great dane three doors down <laughs> it had to be so neurotic human you just think some human shit I just and I would just ignore him the whole time. I I try that like I don't really like you routine. And by the time day thirteen, like man, this really did not work. Yeah, no, I'm thinking you have to go with someone where where things can get a little gross. You know, like hey man, we're gonna be we're gonna be seeing a lot of each other the next two weeks. Yeah, they're real comfortable around each other. Well, if all else fails, you could always reach reach out to Richard. That's uh, my alter ego. If you need to spend time, with me. you know what? I, that that uh, that brought a, a smile to my face today when I was scrolling through the timeline. That's like three years. The hell is this That's three years old. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> so we were we were doing well. It was a great time to bring it back. We, well, that's what I thought because I was just like, hey, I got some funny shit. I'm gonna try to make people laugh, but yeah, that's all ad libbed. No practice, no nothing. Just sit down and just went for it. Because my alter ego is Richard Lipstein. That's the, that's my ho- that's my hotel name. Oh, here's the other thing. <laughs> this is the last joke I maybe have. How many side chicks are really lonely right now? Oh, dude, I'm I'm thinking about that. Uh. I, I had a I had a joke that I was telling her on Valentine's Day about like how hard Valentine's Day is for our side bitches. And um I was definitely about this in the quarantine, yeah. There's a lot of uh a lot of thirsty cows out there. Well did you hear there was um some some doctor in Europe was telling a story about a man who got caught up because he had gone to Italy to meet up with his mistress. Oh. And then got Corona, and then when he got back, basically he had you know hint that he was going somewhere else. But he was going to Spain, and we were like, "Why the fuck were you in Italy?" Oh, <laughs> it was that damn Maria, wasn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, flight got canceled. So, hey, before we get out of here, let's go ahead and uh, do the uh, what I call the shameless plug of everything you do. Where we, where they can find you at, and then. Uh, I will. I will leave you alone. Uh, well, when the world starts turning again, I, I host shows at Red Flag Comedy, but that may be a few months from now. Uh, but right now, uh, I do a weekly podcast called the Harder Brunch Podcast. Uh, sit down with um, interesting people, we eat brunch, and then we talk and shoot the shit. Kind of afterwards, uh, comedians, food service people, people that I just generally like and like to hang out with, podcasters, you know. Um, and, um, and then I'm going to be starting a new podcast that I don't have a name for yet, but, uh, you can follow me on all social media, uh, at Dyke Michaels with an S and yeah, that's it. That is awesome. Um, Dyke, I appreciate, uh, you coming on and, uh, guys, we will, uh, we'll, we will be right back. All right. On the line from California, uh, a friend of the show from Smugcast. Um, join me now, Mr. Andy Dorsett. How are you, sir? Uh, doing well. How you doing? Good. So how's the wild, wild west? <laughs> oh, occupied California. Uh, <laughs> man, riots in the streets. It's uh, bare shelves. No, it's uh, honestly, it's been pretty calm, man. Um, the stores are getting to restocked a little bit. Um, you know, the whole state just 
call it shelter at home or uh, safety at home or safer at home. So uh, streets are pretty deserted, man. Actually, I'm looking at my balcony. Right, I live right in downtown. And uh, looking out right now at uh, one of the major thoroughfares called Olympic, and people are actually skateboarding down the middle of the street. <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of wild. So, yeah, very few cars. Uh, Freeway is not too clogged. But there's still people out and about. Um, they're not, you know, National Guard's not patrolling the streets and, you know, no door-to-door stuff. Um, I think everybody's kind of uh, adjusting and being smart about it and just kind of seeing what comes. So someone as as a war veteran and someone might know um you're a war veteran so, so uh, who's been seeing so many theories conspiracy theories in dealing with a lot of news what's in your opinion one of the biggest misconceptions uh, right now the you know the the military is going to put everybody under martial law and you know start roving the streets with machine guns and tanks um people got to remember you know the the national guard the military they're they're citizens too you know they're they're people next door everything else and um you know i i have faith <laughs> hopefully it's a well-placed base that you know in the event of something that you know they they follow the right orders um but again we're, we're the united states uh, i i have faith in the people and the military um the government you know it's whatever but uh i think they're able to do the right thing um you know hopefully this is a it's a passing thing uh hopefully it burns out you know sooner rather than later uh we just got to be smart but again on top of being smart and you know following you know the virus is obviously a threat um we see it here that they're in the hospitals you know we know people uh that that have come down with it so it's uh you know, it's a concern, definitely. It's not just a made-up thing. However, as Americans, we need to also protect our civil liberties while being intelligent about it. Yeah, see, I think I had this back in December. So yeah, we've I been test, hearing that a lot. I tested. Uh, I actually found the paper in my car, and I tested negative for the flu, uh, very mm-hmm. faint fever, but they actually said it was bronchitis. But I didn't have, like, a hacking bronchitis. Uh, you're... Like I'm a smoker, you you too, right? Or mm-hmm. were you at one point? Uh, was yeah. And you notice when you would get that kind of bronchial uh, bronchitis, you would cough and be real junky. Like right now, mm-hmm. like I'm a little junky because I went to Tennessee, and anytime you go from Indiana and you go into any place that has any kind of altitude, you start oh, yeah. you know, allergies or whatever. But they didn't. I tested negative for everything, right? And then they mm-hmm. gave me a Z pack. And then they gave me a um, some else, and then I went to the doctor like a couple months later. Still the same thing. Mm-hmm. They gave me some more like that. So, in because a lot of people are testing positive, but they're just feeling kind of how I felt during that time, a little sluggish, a little, you know, test a little, you know, chest a little, chest a little tight. So that's where I think some of the misconceptions come in. Also, exactly, I fully agree. Um, I think. As it comes out and more and more testing becomes available, I think you're going to see a lot more people test positive for the antibodies. Um, my girlfriend, Marari, she was on Smugcast with us. Um, she, right after the New Year's, um, she got severely ill. Um, went to the doctor. It's like, oh, probably just the flu. You know, put her on some stuff. We're talking like 106 degree temperature, uh, horrible cough, lungs, um, body aches, severe. And it was just like a next level flu. Um, so, you know, as, as all this has come out, we're like, hmm, you know, because we do live in, like I said, downtown, right in Los Angeles, and it's a, a large, you know, very diverse community. And there was a lot of travelers from overseas at that time, specifically China. Um, and, you know, I'm not doing the whole, like, you know, it's their fault. You know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of international travelers, um, you know, in our building. Um, it's a high rise, you know, so obviously it's like pretty, uh, you know, 
it's it's tight you know a lot of people and you know with the travelers coming in uh there are people coughing and all that so you know kind of who knows I, I think we're gonna see like i said as testing gets more and more evolved um a lot more people you know testing positive for the antibodies that they're like oh wow maybe i did have it before so and the other thing we're both friends with this person on 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 face i hate saying the term facebook but mm-hmm. um a <laughs> uh, uh, jim lucas right so yeah. I see a lot of his pros, I, uh, pro and cons I have with them. So <laughs> there's a lot of conspiracy theories possibly about trying to trying to cr- make this very political and try to crash that they're trying to cl- crash the middle class. Yeah, uh, I've seen that, and you know, I've, I've talked with Jim. You know, I've known him for years. Um, I agree with a lot, disagree with some, and it is what it is. Uh, we've exchanged a few things on private message. Um, so personally, like I, I've been completely trying to stay out of the politics of it um you know i actually just started posting little things you know i don't post a lot on there but it's like the little things you know enjoy the little things it's like you know some dude on the freeway he actually used his turn signal for once like the first time in los angeles history <laughs> you know and then like i let him in he rolled his window down. he's like thanks man you know this is on the freeway and you know a bunch of little things like that so you know just i think it's important for people to focus on the positive and not make it political um i understand with a position like that you kind of have to go to the extreme sometimes uh to get a certain point across so you kind of go all in just to get people to, to get to a certain level but um i i think you know me personally and you know a lot of my close friends and family trying to stay out of the politics of it I, it's not a left right thing it's it's it is what it is at this point um and on that i think we definitely need to be aware you know of encroachment on civil liberties you know, that's, that's very important for us to keep in mind. However, we also need to be smart and safe. This is an enemy that, you know, we can't see. And I think, you know, not to get too deep into it, but I think a lot of the people like that, you know, I'm, I'm a firearms fanatic, you know, I, I, I love them, you know, I, I have them, you know, I utilize them, but, uh, a lot of people who take it, you know, very extreme, I, I think they, they try and cover some of the fear with either more fear mongering or, or humor or whatever, because this is an enemy they can't shoot. It's an enemy they can't fight. Uh, it's, it's something that you can't see. So it's, I, I think a lot of that might be a little fear and trepidation based. So. Yeah. And that's in two, two, two part question. One is what, what civil liberties, and, and you said a couple times and I've heard this all over the place, what civil, civil liberties do you, do you think that, um, cause a lot of people are say you can't do X, Y, and Z, which makes sense. But which ones do you think they're going to the extreme on trying to take away? So right now, none, honestly, like I, we can, you know, we're the whole state, 40 million people out here. It's a shelter at home, you know, but our business, like the business I'm in, it's, it's busier than ever. So we had a full crew in today and we're smart, you know, we're wearing gloves, um, you know, the social distancing and all that. And I'm making sure, you know, like everybody that reports to me is, is being smart, but um, we can travel, we can go to the store, we can go to the gas station, we can do whatever we do. Now there are some businesses that are closed, of course, but you know, hopefully that's just a temporary thing. Um, I think, you know, in reference to the civil liberties thing, there's a report that came out today from Politico and it's, it's been vetted that, uh, the DOJ is like requested basically suspending habeas corpus, um, holding people indefinitely, um, for a multitude of things. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely against that. You know, we are not in some time where, everything's collapsing around us. So I, I think we need to be very, very cautious. And we, meaning the citizens and, and the government, the, the shot callers there, as to what, what we push forth right now, because it's, it's always a, a fine line between, you know, what's, what's smart and healthy and good for 
the citizens of this country and also what is crossing the line into encroachment upon you know the liberty that, that we love and then one of the things was some of the police stations have not been doing um is it concealed permits sign offs is that is that what people were upset about i, I heard about that yeah you know in indiana um and that's a that's definitely an issue for me um indiana's a shall issue state so as long as you don't have any disqualifiers uh they they have to issue you uh, a permit to carry um and some of the police stations kind of jumped the gun and said, well, we're not going to process them, which is, which is against, you know, Indiana law. So, uh, you know, very good firearms attorney up in, uh, North of Minneapolis, Carmel area, uh, Guy Redford, he, he put out a letter. Um, Jim Lucas also supported that, sent it to Governor Holcomb. Um, I've heard some of the stations have definitely backtracked on that and said, okay, okay, you know, we'll have a drop box. You can do it and all that. So, um, I, I think. Anytime in a, a national emergency, um, when you decide to take especially constitutionally protected rights away from people, uh, just based on that, you know, law abiding citizens, that's uh, that that could be an issue that I definitely don't agree with. Yeah, because I thought you can do I thought you can do them online and some stations you could. But and the reason is they didn't want people unnes- mm-hmm. and I get it unnecessary people going into a police station, especially with. Um, everything that they they can help do, but on a different note, though, um, how long have you been in LA now? Uh, I've been here uh, back out in California for about two years now. All right. Over. All right. So, so how are you staying out there? Like what? Like to me, I, like so we just went on this trip to Tennessee, right? My wife got mm-hmm. it's, it's a long story. I, I told on another podcast, but anyway, it's like that is not my place, right? Like I'm not a mm-hmm. Pigeon Forge, Gatlinburg. I like. I'm not saying I don't like the mountains, but I don't like cabins mm-hmm. stacked on top of cal- cal- cabins, right? Yep. But I like big cities. I always have. Like I love. Yep. Like I I loved when I was in uh, New York, and I loved when I was in Dallas, San Antonio like mm-hmm. lake tahoe so and a lot of people can't understand that because a lot of people around me are like because the guy's like you know you go camping and i was like no that's why they build hotels <laughs> and it come i we both yeah. grew up in the same small town i grew up in a mobile yep. home but there's just something about like that city that attracts me is that something that besides work obviously maybe but is, there, is that all mm-hmm. one other reasons you like being out there Absolutely. Uh, you know, from the time I was little, I was told, uh, you know, I'm, I'm an outdoors fanatic. Like you put me up in the mountains or in the desert or in the woods, you know, I'm, I'm right at home. But uh, for just day to day living um, from the time I was little, I always told, you know, my parents, like, I'm going to live in the big city. And uh, so, yeah, I've always loved it. You know, I can walk out of my building and I can eat at every single type of ethnic restaurant you can think of i can do anything i need within a five or ten minute walk and i love it you know i i have a view of the entire city you know from my my place here uh and but then i go to the other side of the building i have an entire view of the san gabriel mountains also so it's kind of the best of both worlds i can go from where i'm at in downtown and i can be up in the mountains in about 25 minutes um and we're talking like mountain mountains you know pretty good you know like the angeles national forest and then right across the mountains is the desert so yeah i kind of have the best of both worlds so 25 minutes one way mountains and desert about 25 minutes the other way is the ocean so it's uh it it works for me and i love it um just you know the museums like the staples center is less than half a block away i'm i'm literally looking at it right now so if i want to catch a lakers game you know when the nba is actually going i can do it uh it's it's all right here so yeah i love it it's uh 
you hear a lot, you know, the, the left coast and all that. I'll tell, I'll let everybody back home in on a secret about California. It's not all wacko liberals. It's not all crazy, far, far left people. It's people just living. They're trying to survive. Um, it's very expensive out here. It's, it's difficult to make it. Um, you know, a lot of people come out here and they can't. Some come out and do, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate, you know, where, it's worked out well for me. So, uh, you know, on that, it's, uh, it's all how you do it and what you want to put into it. So people are just trying to survive though. That's it. Um, most people here, they don't really worry about politics much. You're a normal person. You know, I, I know just as many conservatives where I work as I do, you know, far left liberals. It's people are people. The thing about out here is it's just so big and there's so many people. It's, it's the loudest voices, the ones with the money that you hear about elsewhere. So it's just normal. It, it's, just like anywhere else and plus you have the best taco trucks oh yeah dude like totally absolutely i mean it's like that's i, I almost have to say that's one of the primary reasons <laughs> i moved back out here is yeah. uh, it's you, uh the tacos are amazing when you come back when you come back to indy hit me up there's a place over here on like 42nd and post it's in the middle of the hood and absolutely this, this dude posts up in the church parking lot so he knows nobody will mess with him speaks no english Gosh. you just point at the sign what you want and uh we used to eat over there all the time where i used to work and then um it's it's one of the best ones and the uh oktoberfest i went to for the first time and i'm not a big fan of going is what it is but mom wanted to go it was the first one without my pops and so there was a taco truck from louisville ran by like two white guys i was like holy cow <laughs> and I, and they i i said wow this is one of the best tacos i've ever had and i think they knew i was like yeah you're white and it was really good and i didn't, yep. didn't want to say it that way but like they knew that i knew i was like yeah i you know i go up at 42nd and post and the outskirts and they're like oh so you know what real tacos are i was like yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> nice yeah it's uh it, we kind of make it a, a mission of ours you know every couple of weeks we'll just take a big you know taco tour throughout there's you know the, from the the food trucks to you know the little hole in the wall places um you know we'll, we'll go hit east la you know it's a very large mexican-american community there and it's just some of the best food in the world so um you know luckily like i said my girlfriend you know she's full mexican and you know she uh she seeks them out and she uh, she hasn't failed yet and it's uh it's amazing. I love it. Like I could eat tacos every day. So, so that's who you're quarantined with, you and your uh you and your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. We're we're here in the apartment, uh just uh just kind of kicking. Like I said, we we went to work today. <laughs> you know, like no, I know I was so good that yeah. yeah, we we went and hit it up. So Yeah, I I went to work today. Um how's uh how's Kozar doing out there? He's good. He's good. Um, he was actually in today too. Um, he's got a real nice place up in a uh, Silmar, which is about probably 35, 40 minutes away. Um, he's doing very well, just, uh, living it up, uh, work on his art and everything. And just, uh, you know, just kind of living the dream. Is, uh, besides working and going to the mountains, is there anything else that you've got yourself into, uh, hobby wise here lately? Uh, yeah, I love the ocean. Um, I, I'm, again outdoors fanatic so my time is definitely taken up with you know work uh, my my position uh the distribution and compliance officer for a, a really large company here in california and uh you know it takes up a lot of time but you know i don't get consumed with work so any chance we get you know we, we hit the outdoors hit the ocean um again the museums and everything so uh just yeah i'm living it up and just kind of checking out everything that california has to offer so, yeah, one of my other friends, uh, Concept, a hip-hop artist, he's actually back out in L.A. now. I was, yeah, I, was right I was talking to him earlier. So there's just such this mystique from, like, 
when you go when you watch the national news or you have this perception like you have a perception perception of people who live in the south and then on the coast <laughs> and in new york and stuff like that so um i just what is what is one thing that you besides maybe family or friends that you miss from back home uh, I think the pace sometimes, uh, <laughs> you know, I always like, I always like, I, I move you know, a million miles an hour, but, uh, sometimes it's, it's nice to go back home and just kind of slow down you know, and relax a little bit. Uh, and the people, um, the people are pretty friendly out here cause hell, I probably three out of five Angelinos aren't even from here, but, uh, it's, uh, it's just kind of a, a different mindset. It's a lot less, uh, ambitious back home i'll put it that way <laughs> it's a uh, you know a little bit more laid back and a little bit more it is what it is i'm hey i got a good job i'm, I'm good here for the rest of my life and, and that's fine that's awesome you know people out here are always like you know climbing 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 so it's uh kind of the rat race thing i i miss the slower pace back home yeah and that's one thing that that like when i spent some time that back there when um pops was in the hospital and then after he passed i spent some time in seymour and i was just like like nobody's in a hurry yep exactly like it's like yep. every it's like it's like watching a person buy lotto they're just like i'll take a number <laughs> seven and and, it, and it, mm -hmm. it just drives me insane because like i'm like all right i'm going a million miles an hour and i'm like on my phone and then especially with the podcast and, and my other job um yep. i'm a territory sales manager over most of Indy, so in basically from Anderson South and then Cincinnati. Oh, so right I'm always busy too. Emails, this, 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 and this. But it, and yep. and then my mom moved back up here with me, and she's just she just still has that Seymour in her. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Um. Actually, I, I've only been home back to Seymour once since I moved back out here. Um. It was just for a week. It was some you know it was basically health issues in the family you know so i went back to say uh see them but uh I, I brought my mom out for about three weeks and i was kind of worried my mom is like i mean she doesn't like driving outside of seymour like for real you know, my like, mom. I, I don't she's like 62 and i don't think she's ever even driven on the interstate my mom's the but, same um, age she 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 takes <laughs> she took 31 forever and now i got her phone yep, exactly she's like well 65 three lanes now i'll stay in that right lane Yep, totally. So, you know, I was worried with my mom coming out. I was like, oh, man, she's going to be overwhelmed. But I'll tell you what, um, she was here for about two days. And she's like, I love it here. She's like, everybody just, they mind their own business. They're friendly. Mm -hmm. As long as you don't mess with anybody, nobody messes with you. Everybody's in their thing. And there's anything you need right here. She fell in love with it. Absolutely. So it, it kind of shows that, you know, it's not the the craziness that people think. And, it's, you know, it's hell, like I said, I live in downtown, so I'm not going to drive to Santa Monica to buy groceries. <laughs> you know, so it's it, it's a huge city. You have your own little neighborhood, and it's just sometimes almost living like a, in a small town. So. Well, and, and that's one thing that someone brought up to me, and, and they're like, do you talk to your neighbors? And I was like, I was like, no, not really. And they're like, why? I was like, mm -hmm. not not in a bad way. If they, they wave, I say hi or whatever. Yep. And, and I know we've lost a sense, sense of community a little bit, but but yep. also I think our sense of community was so far up people's asses and what they're doing that it, it kind of took us, our generation, like, dude, I don't want everybody to know what I'm doing. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Like, and you know, you go you think about Seymour, everybody knows everything about everybody Yeah, you know, and too much. So, and here you can maintain that anonymity a little bit and you know, just people mind their own business. Well, and, and it's small minded there too. I, I mean, I love my hometown. I, you know, I'm blessed. I met my wife there and, and you know, my pop mm -hmm. and pops was, you know, buried in there and my brother and whatever. But I still think that it's, it's cause when I go through and read, 
and if I alienate anybody, you know, I don't really care. I'm f- I, I just turned 40. Yeah. I have two kids exactly. and a beautiful wife. <laughs> yep. I don't really give a shit if you like me or not. But, Absolutely. But I watch little, I, I see their posts and I'm just like, I feel like you guys are kind of undereducated on some of this stuff. Like you only look at one angle. Like I think critical I, thinking is dead. It's dead. Oh, I, I fully, fully agree. Um, I, I think I probably say that about once a day, <laughs> you know, if, if not more, uh, you're a hundred percent right. It's, uh, and I'm in the same boat. Uh, I, I see that as well. You know, I, I have my politics, but I don't, express them you know openly all the time to everybody i know what i believe and i know what i think and uh, and that's it and i think you know all sides have points uh, good points and i think all sides gonna have a whole bunch of bullshit that they throw out but you nailed it a lot of people who have not experienced the world or really been out there they uh they get wrapped up and they're in an echo chamber and they just repeat everything that they say themselves so you don't have to listen to the other side nowadays you can stay in that tunnel and only see that one thing but once you get out of that bubble and you see the world and you explore even within the country too not just the world but you know our country that uh you kind of realize you got to start seeing things from other people's points of view um you know i obviously it's los angeles it's a massive homeless problem you know if i go where i'm at it's super nice super clean very safe but i go 10 blocks down and it's skid row you know there's like twenty thousand homeless people there um there's anywhere it depends on the estimate 60,000 to 100,000 homeless in Los Angeles County it's a severe issue now a lot of that is mental illness severe mental illness drug abuse and all that but some people you know I've talked to them on the street and they just hit hard hard times you know so it's not like all oh, those lazy bums just need to get a job once you get in that cycle here it is next to impossible to get out because you're talking a rent for an average one or two bedroom place in the cheapest part of town, you're talking like two grand or more, you know? So how can somebody hold a job bathe regularly to be a, a presentable for that job when they're just living in a box, you know, or a tent on the street. So, you know, you have to look at that other side and be like, you know, we, we kind of got to look at everything and consider all points of view in order to move forward as a society. And that's where I think a lot of the cities you know, where they're failing in a lot of regards, that's where I think some of the, the better ideas are coming from because they see it firsthand. You know, Los Angeles homeless problem to everybody in, in Seymour or Columbus or around there, it, it's something they see on the news once in a while that they make fun of, you know, or be like those damn liberals in Los Angeles. Man, we see it every day. You know, it's like it's on our streets. It's here, you know, so we can't just be angry at it because when you see a human being right in front of you suffering rather than just on TV, it's a, a totally different thing. And, you know, if, if you have any humanity in you, you're going to have empathy for that and, and sympathy as well. And, you know, want to want to know what you can do to make things better. I'm talking like overall. So I think it it opens people's eyes and they, they have to see a little bit more. So I definitely urge everybody to kind of get out of that bubble and and consider the other side once in a while. And going to Greenwood or Clarksville is not experiencing culture. No, no, no. And, and I even say it too. I've said it to family members before. It's like, you know, they every year, like clockwork, we're going on vacation. And it's either Myrtle Beach or Panama City. And it's like, okay, that's cool. You know, hit the beach, have fun. But you know what? How about you take a trip to like the desert communities out here or go to like Arizona or somewhere different, you know, something different where you're going to have to see something maybe outside of your comfort zone where you're going to have to do a little bit of work to learn a little bit. Yeah. And that's, 
yeah that's a great point so like when we were in gatlinburg and pigeon forge right so like we had to take this detour and i actually got to see like the houses and i was and i kept pointing i was like oh look that's a residential oh look at that and my wife's like what are you doing i was like well i want to like I want to see what it's like outside of here because I want to see how this is a touristy town. How are they, like I see these million dollar homes up in the hill. That's cool, but I want to see. <clears throat> I want. To, I don't know. I'm just weird like that. Like I just want to see <laughs> how I want to, I want to see how everybody's living out here and and then like exactly. And I'm like, and the first thought I got was like, man, I wonder how they afford those two houses two blocks away from Dollywood. I can't believe yep. that someone hasn't bought that for blah, blah, blah. And that's how, that's how I was kind of thinking like, well, they're going to force these, they'd have to force these people out. And then, oh, yeah, totally. and, I, and I was like, I kept saying, oh, this must be like where the normal part of town is. Cause you had like your normal shops, like, you know, like Ross's or, or Dick's Morning Goods. And I was like, oh, this must be the normal <laughs> side of town or the, not the <laughs> normal, but this must be. And, and my wife's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I don't know. Like, that's just how I'm wired now. It's true, though. You nailed it, man. Like, I'll use, I think the clearest example that really anybody can see is, is Las Vegas. All right. Like, you got the strip, you got downtown, you know, the glitz, the glamour. But Las Vegas is a huge city. And when you're coming over the, the crest there on the freeway and, and the whole city's laid out, you can see it. It's like, wow, that's where all the normal people are. <laughs> you know, and it's, uh, and obviously most tourist towns, and the same here, like uh, Hollywood, you know, uh, got the boulevard and all that and all the, the communities, you know, that the tourists hit. Yeah, you have that really glitzy veneer right there. You know, it's like, oh, flashy you know bright lights cool stuff but there's the service industry people that are that are supporting that industry here and most of them like they don't make they make next to nothing you know so they're the ones suffering so it is always good like you nailed it to see how the real people live like what really makes a community tick and it's uh that's, that's very important to see well when i one places i learned that was um i don't know when i, I got like that but i was in i think it's when i worked for 7-eleven and, and i was in texas or what and i remember I was in Laredo. We got off early. So I, in Texas, one of the first place I had the miniature Swisher Suites, right? With yes. the wood tip. So I was like, cool, I'm going to go drive around. So, uh, and if you know anything about Laredo, it is not a safe town. And yep, exactly. <laughs> so, the, so they told me where to go, what to do. And because I'm staying in a state of art, state of the art, beautiful Marriott. This is in 2011 brand new starbucks inside touchscreen check-in touchscreen everything right mm -hmm. so on a mic i was like hey where can i go and for people that don't know the um that's right laredo's right where the rio grande is like basically yep, you're staying up exactly. on the hill and when you first get into town it says hitchhikers are most likely escaped detainees do not pick up border patrols mm -hmm. walking around with um an suv sitting on top of the guns on top it is it is it freaked me out, but it intrigued me. So I talked to a couple of locals. Nobody spoke English, which I didn't care about. <laughs> and I said, found somebody that spoke English. And I was like, hey, where can I go? She's like, you want to go sightseeing? And I was like, no, I really don't. I said, I want to see how people live outside of the big town. She's like, all right, exactly. well, head down this way. She's like, so I pull up and get on this like scenic view. And then there's like, <laughs> there's one picnic table. And it looks like places where people go to die. And I, and I noticed, and I was like, oh, there's another road. So I went down this another road, and I turned right. It was cardboard houses. I believe it. I believe it. And I was just yep. like, so if you go 20 miles in, there's a Whataburger, there's a Walmart, there's, a, there's like all these hotels, there's these resorts. And um, 
and and I just kept driving through there and just looking and and you know they don't have they don't get really winter down there or anything like that. I know they get rain, but it was just like mud houses, cardboard houses, mm-hmm. and it was by Absolutely. far the poorest thing that I've ever seen in my life. And I'm driving through in this brand new rent a car, whatever, and it kind of yep. humbled you a little bit. And I was just like, I don't. And there's some misconceptions about the border and write things about the border, but, mm-hmm. and there was no fence there or nothing like that. And to see the, and to see the Mexican border was 10 feet away from me. Well, yes. well, however long the river was or whatever, but I was just like, yeah. wow, that's so unreal. I've never seen, I've never seen it before. Right. It, it's wild, man. It is like, you know, going through El Paso is the same way. Cause it's, uh, the border's right there. Um, as you you know as you're on the freeway uh going through like you you kind of hug the border there you know juarez is right there it's, it's a trip man it's, it's it shows and it's such a a massive difference just you know like you're saying just a few feet away you know you have like the basically a, a shacks and you know almost slums to a certain extent and then bam right across is you know million dollar homes it's 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 bizarre, man. It, it shows like, you know, the, the dramatic split in, in everything. So, well, and yeah, the other, mis- a, the other, the other misconception is they think that a lot of the border patrol is American. It is not American. Um, that I saw in this town, maybe other places would be like, some would be like, no, <laughs> what? but a lot of these were Mexican Americans. Yep, exactly. And, and these were the ones that were going out. Cause we, I saw the, um, the four wheelers and I saw like the doom buggies, and mm-hmm. I, would, I just parked on the side of the road by the store where I wouldn't get in trouble because I didn't want to mess with these guys. Um, yep. They didn't have a sense of humor. And um, No, they don't play. No, 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 no. And, I, and I'm not stupid enough to say something stupid because I'm kind of dark <laughs> enough where they could ask questions. Yep, and yep. Um, so, and I, I would just watch these guys with the, with the lights and the dogs going all over the place. And it's just like, holy shit. And I was like, where am I? And then all of a sudden the culture shock hit and then all of a sudden I started understanding that like there's so much more out and you traveled way more even out of country than I have. And, and, and you notice like, we're not the center of the universe. No, <laughs> nope. Much as we like to think we are. And you know, I, I love this country. I, I adore it, but yeah, there's a, there's a whole big world out there and you're right about the border too. I and mean, it's, it's basically a militarized zone in a lot of spots. Um, and the demographics of border patrol, like you, you nailed it, man. It's a, uh, it's not a bunch of burly white corn fed dudes you know it's uh, the majority of them on the border are you know hispanic or you know mexican americans who who have gone that route um because a lot of them have been here generationally so yeah it's uh it's definitely different than what a lot of people think uh, I, I have to go down to san diego quite a bit and one of the warehouses that we deal with is, is literally right on the border like it's no exaggeration, like right on the border and it's a, a transfer station so it's pretty wild man um we always make it a point uh you know, every few weeks we like to hit the desert, you know, or just take a road trip, um, you know, over between Christmas and New Year's and all that. We took a huge road trip through, uh, you know, went up, basically hit a ton of national parks. So like Grand Canyon, uh, Horseshoe Bend, uh, went up to like Zion and Bryce and, and everything, came back down. And every time I'm doing that or doing a cross country, we always like to stop in like the small little towns, kind of, you know, off the, the beaten path and check out the local, the local areas and kind of see what makes them tick. And it's bizarre. The further south you get, it's, it's like another country, you know, which, you know, technically there for hundreds of years it was, you know, so that culture is still very strong and it, it's, it's basically a clash of cultures to a certain extent. Uh, it's, it's weird. It can get a little strange, especially, you know, the a boy from, 
you know, Southern Indiana, uh, you know, traveled a lot and been all around, but it's still, it's like, wow, this is, this is very, very different than what I'm used to. Yeah. When I was in Lake Tahoe, um, that was one of the coolest places because if you want to talk about diversity, so Lake Tahoe, um, we had, Mm -hmm. we had two stores up there that I was doing acquisitions with and I stayed right downtown, um, of, of the main strip and then California and, um, Nevada basically split right there yep. so depend, right the yep. just depend on what depend you ever been up to lake tahoe oh yeah yeah absolutely so Love if it. you know if you go down the one way it takes you down to nevada right and if you go down the mm-hmm. other way it takes you to san francisco right yep exactly so we drove the same the way to san francisco down the mountains uh me and my wife did oh, it. Wow. i flew i flew her out here and mm-hmm. so so we hit san francisco sacramento um a couple other little towns on the way back in and um Mm -hmm. and it's just if you go those are three different worlds san francisco is so different than sacramento nevada reno it's (laughs) i've been to reno and it's a hilarious town reno (laughs) and then lake they're all within i think it's like a three hour we'll say three hour drive right exactly yep temperature culture uh what they do for um their their economy it was one of the coolest things i was able to see because you have tourism then you have san francisco obviously tourism but also the beauty of it sacramento was just enormous it's like in indianapolis really or or, exactly yeah yep um (laughs) yep kind of an inland bigger city that yeah kind of still uh sacramento's definitely got a different vibe than like san francisco and and los angeles you know it's a it, it is i think it's you nailed it with the Indianapolis reference. It's uh, it, it really reminds me of that the city. It's a uh, decent size, lots to do, but still kind of like yeah, we don't want to deal with the coast people. <laughs> so, yeah, yep. yeah, they they had that like they kind of had that smug like the smug like mm-hmm. and not in a bad way. We we went a couple places, um, but it was one of my favorite trips we got to do because my favorite city outside of uh, my favorite city is probably Austin, Texas. It's probably my favorite oh, city. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I spent Great. I spent yep. two months there with work, mm-hmm. and Austin's is a lot like because all you see is Austin this, Austin this, but Austin has a high um, homeless population almost as much as uh, L.A. does in San Francisco, mm-hmm. but most yep. people don't know about it. Um, it's true, because if you Austin, I, it's one of the places I want to go back. When my wife was there, she actually got strep throat. So oh, we weren't wow. able to go out and do a whole lot. We did the sixth street, seventh street and all those different streets, but we went out and hit a mm-hmm. lot of local places too. So, cause the, it is because I think is, is the misconception is, is people hate there's coast bias. Like a lot of people hate New York. Like, ah, it's too busy, whatever. Yep. But, but, and I, I think we create, I think people in the Midwest, Midwest is great, but I think we create this in our mind. Like, okay, that's how it really is out there. And, and it's really not. And I think that's what's going on right now with what's going on around us is we're so many misconceptions is and we are the one of the most intelligent theoretically species on this planet, but we're also the dumbest people you can put in a room. Oh, totally. I, I think we're getting dumber, you know, because you know, even when we were growing up, you had to know something, you know what I mean? You had to learn it. You had to know it and retain that knowledge. But now it's instant access to information. So you don't have to retain anything. There's not a long, not a lot of long-term retention of knowledge and, you know, knowledge then goes wisdom. And I think that's what's really lacking is like wisdom, like real, like down to earth, like real wisdom, because everything's just, it's on your phone. I don't need to know that. I can just look it up. So, yeah. And, and, yep. and, and I get that a whole lot. And then that's where, um, 
basic skills a lot of time is um mm-hmm. that's where it's so key um over spring break or not spring break i guess the kids will be home longer um we're we're gonna go back through is um because my kids actually know how to change a tire yep exactly yeah it's important stuff you know like change a tire change your oil you know just basic basic things to to be able to get by you know and so i think a lot of people are seeing that now where obviously it hasn't reached that point hopefully it doesn't you know where the basic survival skills come into play but uh you know let uh let let you know, families start going hungry you know or, or things happening like that you got to know how to survive and unfortunately a lot of people nowadays don't you know even your basic things um how to you know, say a burner on your stove goes out. How do you fix that? Uh, how do you hell even change a light bulb? Um, in our building, it's uh, it's interesting. It's very nice, real new. And there's a lot of like influencers here that live in the building. And I was downstairs in the lobby getting ready to walk out. And, and I legit heard a lady talking to the concierge saying, I need a light bulb change. And he's like, kind of looking at her like, really? And she was serious. Like, she didn't know how to change a light bulb. You know, and she wanted maintenance to come up and change a light bulb. So that's uh, that's definitely a little area of concern right there when people don't know how to change a light bulb. And she was probably 25, 26 years old. And so it's, uh, yeah, I think a lot of those basic skills are kind of uh, withering away. All right. La- last question. So, and I know people are going to ask me to ask you this is so, and this actually comes from the Dan Patrick show, celebrity sightings. Have you had anyone you're like, Ooh, uh so the coolest one uh we kind of do the nature of my business um i I deal with quite a few um kind of i've become pretty good buddies with with a couple um one from my youth actually uh i I always loved his music i loved uh you know his whole persona and just how he is and i I have the opportunity now to to work with him a lot we've become pretty good buddies as a be real from cypress hill um dude's just an amazing amazing person also podcaster also genius yeah exactly yeah totally um so the guy's just he's insanely smart um so the people that see him on tv and think he's just some stoner or some rapper they have no idea like we actually had like in-depth conversations about like supply chain and distribution and management and stuff like that And the dude's like he's on it you know so that was super cool uh being able to hang out and meet him you know and deal with him uh burner the rapper really cool dude um a very good dear friend of mine uh rudy reyes um He's like, you know, he's definitely seen a good amount of success. He was a Marine, a uh, recon Marine back in the day. Uh, we worked together during the movie we made and then just became very, very close friends from that. So we stay in touch often. Um, let's see. Aaron Paul. Uh, I saw him. Uh, that was, I think that was the coolest one. Uh, I was at the airport waiting on somebody to come in. I was picking him up and he walked right over, you know, I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> it, was, it was so cool. Uh, so just said, hey, you know, don't. I try not to, you know, annoy them or anything. So just said a quick hi and very friendly and nice. So I think, yeah, besides the people I know personally, uh, probably Aaron Paul. That was uh, a pretty cool one there. But yeah, we see him all the time. Um, like I said, actually looking out from my balcony is the Staples Center and you have the Grammy Museum attached to it. So uh, that, that's pretty cool. So we can, I can see all them when they're doing like the Grammy Awards and all that stuff right there. Um, now, Marari, she's the she's the lucky one because she's uh, just top notch, world class like makeup artist and all that. And she also she's the HR director for a company as well. So she's 
very multi uh, multi talented and uh, multi hatted. So uh, she did uh, the Grammys, the Oscars, um, the Golden Globes, and all that, um, doing makeup and hair for them and, and all kinds of stuff. So you know, she ran into like Billie Eilish, um, all kinds of people, uh, Brad Pitt, uh, Joaquin Phoenix during the Oscars, all that stuff. So yeah, she's, she's much more connected than me, <laughs> but, uh, it's, uh, it's still kind of neat, you know, he's still like, wow, that's so-and-so, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. No, so, no, that's the, I mean, that's definitely awesome. Like be real was obviously Cypress one of my favorites growing up too. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and I've watched his, cause concept, um, one of, one of my friends actually, um, did his, uh, show. So it's kind of yeah. weird. Oh, you met cool. him, and and yeah, it's kind of how it comes full circle. So, like my friend, That's like <laughs> this is this is probably one of my favorite ones I've done in a while. Um, so I like mm-hmm. I said, I appreciate it. I just uh, yeah, absolutely anytime. I just was um, everybody's at home, TVs are occupied. Son just downloaded Destiny, um, and I was like the video game. And I was like, ah, I'm going to disappear for a while. So um, came there up, you go because the studio moved actually from AP's house probably like three blocks down maybe four blocks oh, really? down yeah so uh, it's 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 uh, um, uh, we call him the landlord RB, RB we do movie review together that's the one mm-hmm. I still do and um, yeah. he uh, and then, like I said it's, he just gave me the upstairs upstairs room so like I've been up here by yeah. myself doing a bunch of stuff and then just keep working on stuff so that's that's what I do uh, that's cool man I yeah think, keep it up and you know we'll blast it out too like uh we'll keep sharing it and everything yeah we got a got a rather large audience in our industry so uh yeah that, that's good stuff man. yeah Very I, cool. I, I just so. like talking to you because you're a lot like ap and myself where you can have a conversation mm-hmm. that can get ugly but it won't get ugly exactly i hear you i hear you so um but hang on one second uh don't hang up just yet so uh guys i will be right back 